You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 132, Cryptopsy. Hosted by Dan Terry. Punch it, Chewy. Josh Baldridge. Adrenaline's pumping now, bitches. And Joseph Wren. Well, he already became a Jedi and taught someone else how to use the Force. So be it, Jedi. I'm not going to listen to your shit, Joe. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you wear a support system for your two-pound torch, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Josh. We're talking about Cryptopsy tonight, gentlemen. I could not be more excited, dude. He's not saying anything <laughs> except when he is. Listen to me right now. I want to I establish a ground rule for this episode. You do not disrespect the great and powerful Lord Worm. The mighty Lord Worm of Grawl. He might actually be a worm. Have you guys ever seen that movie Dune? The spice must flow. He is absolutely one of the sandworms from Dune. He is incredible. One of my favorite death metal vocalists ever. Joe, I don't give a fuck what you think about what he's saying or not saying. He's incredible. He's very talented at creating that sound with his face that a lot of deathcore guys are trying to do today. But for the most part, he's not saying anything. Does that mean I didn't enjoy myself for even one second? <laughs> no, it does not. Well, Joe, here's the thing. If you knew what he was saying, you would want to know. If I had taken the time to read what he was saying, I would still say he's not saying that because he's not, for the most part. This is classic Cannibal Corpse. It's just a noise I make with my face. Vocally, maybe. Musically, these guys outclass Cannibal Corpse. Oh, hands down. Technically, these guys are fucking fantastic. Technically is the word of the night. Hands down. They are one of the most technical death metal bands out there that still sounds good. Like, there's a lot of tech death bands that's like, yeah, that's impossible to play. I get it. But these guys actually have a lot of variety in their sound. Whereas a lot of bands that sound like this really fall victim to the wall of noise effect. And Cryptopsy stands out from that in that they have all these elements that are kind of put together in this death metal stew. Like, basically, yes, it's death metal, but they do a lot of interesting shit that's going to catch the ear of people that are not death metal aficionados. Me being one of those, because I definitely caught my attention and I turned Dan on to them. I'm taking credit right now. Well, you didn't turn me on to them. I've known about Cryptopsy forever. You had no clue. Shut the fuck up. Well, you're full of shit, dude. No, I took a shit before we started this. Is, this. this is my shit. I told Dan about him. I'm the one who got this this whole thing put together. So Dan didn't even have them on the list, so don't worry. They were on the list. They weren't. I forgot to put them on the list. This guy is fucking great. I mean, this is not this is not typically my type of metal, but I find myself listening to this. At least the Lord. And that's the Lord that's the Lord Worm tonight. These fucking riffs are awesome. These solos are awesome. Like these guys fucking bring it. I mean, fuck. This first album was fan-fucking-tastic. The Unspoken King. <laughs> it was. It was a damn good album. It's Lord Worm, right? Yes. Lord Worm. Okay, so... Lord Worm, yes. Can the yes. king be a lord also? He he's can. the lord, the king. He's the worm. He's I mean, the what savior else you want? of this fucking band because he's the soul behind this band. You can find me and Joe dressed up like Mormons. Walking down the street, knocking on your door, being like, excuse me, do you have time for us to talk about our Lord and Savior, Lord Worm? Lord Worm. He can do so much for you in your life. Here's a pamphlet on why you should follow. Well, before the unspoken king opens his goddamn mouth, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. 
Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Joe is not lying. Rating, reviewing, and subscribing is the lifeblood of what we do here. Every time we get a five-star review, I get $10,000 in my mind. I'm still waiting on the checks, guys. Are the checks coming? They're coming. Leave us a five-star review. It really helps us get recommended to other podcast listeners out there that maybe haven't heard of what we've got going on over here on Discography Discussion. And I really want to take a minute to shout out our loyal Patreon subscribers. And that includes Alexander, Brian Dean, Jeffrey De Los Santos. The actual Mac. Kiki Kuti, do you love me? I do love you. Lance Alligood. Newcomer Samuel Woodward and Zach Barr. Thank you guys so much for the contributions you make to our podcast every month. You help us do this at, at little to no cost to us at this point, and we're just shocked to be at this level uh, to have guys that want to hear us talk about extra stuff. You guys get everything extra with the Patreon feed. You get weekly individual album reviews. You get Thrift Blast before anybody else gets it. What really, just anything else that we're going to throw out there in the near future. I'd also like to say thank you to all of our patrons. One dollar will get you access to that exclusive album review feed. Thank you, everybody, because without your guys' contributions, we'd have weekends off. Did you know you can hear this podcast before anyone else? Really? Joe, tell me more. Like, did he have a car? If you become a patron at $3 or more, you get the new episodes of Discography Discussion on Friday. That sounds swell, Joe. The show comes out on Sunday. It's free. It's always going to be free. But if you want to get a head start on everyone else, subscribe for $3 or more, and you will see the new episodes every Friday. So, Dan, tell me about Cryptopsy. Cryptopsy. Cryptopsy is a Canadian technical death metal band. Man, that's a lot of syllables. They started in 1998. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. They started in 1988. Yes. And they were called Necrosis originally. Actually, before that, they were called Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. But I guess the guys just didn't feel like that was a good enough name. So they changed it to Necrosis, which I think is a super metal name. I know. I've heard that before, but... I don't know that an album exists with that name. No, they had some demos with that name, but they never got anywhere. But for whatever reason, they decided to change their name to Cryptopsy, which I think... It's good. I think the term necrosis is cool, but it's kind of generic in the world of death metal. Yes. So in order to stand out, they never have to worry about another band called Cryptopsy popping up and trying to challenge their copyright. They put out an album in 1994 called Blasphemy Made Flesh. I don't know about you guys, but this album really needs a fucking remaster. Yeah, the production value on this was not good. This was like they recorded it in somebody's basement inside a submarine. You have to turn it way up to even hear what's going on. Yeah, But when it is turned up, it's good. It's likely an album that was mixed but never mastered. So for that alone, I agree. It needs a remaster. Totally. I mean, it's just so quiet. I mean, if you turn it up to 11, you'll be all right. But I definitely had a lot of trouble digesting this, just trying to listen to it. I remember I was at work, and I was like, fucking yeah, let's do some Cryptopsy. I put this album on, and I can't even hear it. I'm listening to it out of a Bluetooth speaker, 
And like, I'm like, did I turn the volume down? No, the volume's turned all the way up and I still can't hear it. This is one of those albums you have to listen to on a dedicated stereo system and, and have the ability to amplify. And I think, uh, I think once you do that, you're going to enjoy this. This record is very unique. It's a little bit more bare bones, basic death metal. It's, it's a little bit more in line with the Cannibal Corpse side of it. But they do some really interesting shit. The solos on this record especially are very melodic. And they just kind of have this just like fuck yeah factor to them. Yeah. Where they're just, they're melodic. They don't play cat stranglers, which you'd kind of expect from a band like this. They actually have melodic elements infused into the music, but they're not a melodic band. No, not by any means. It's just like a little taste. Kind of like these assholes that try wines out. And they're like, I feel gentle notes of fruit passion. There's some hints like, of cherry in this particular thumb. Just a little bit like that. But it is like that. There, There is, you, you can hear literal notes of melody <laughs> thrown it's in. It's like, what was that? And then before you've realized what to happen, it's back to full frontal brutal assault. Totally. <laughs> so can we talk about the bass sound on this album? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do <laughs> that, Dan. Completely, completely clean bass. Which is weird. To the point where it sounds like somebody's snapping a rubber band. Which is really weird. <laughs> it sounds weird. It's it's audibly distinct from yeah. a lot of bands that are out here. You can hear every single note the bass player is playing, which is very unusual for this type of death metal. I mean, a lot of the time these dudes are playing eight-string guitars anyway. They don't need a fucking bass player. No. These guys aren't playing eight-string guitars. No, they're not. I'm no, just saying, No, but you like, get the point, Joe. Bands like this... Probably not 94, though. He's got a good point on that. But They were uh, doing seven strings. They they definitely were super aggressive. And I think I think really the only way to describe this album is bear. It's a little bear. And uh, not like the creature, the animal, a bear. But like it's just bear, bare bones, like very thin sounding. Well, it's your garage band starting out sound. I mean, totally. It's essentially like this what it is. is. It's this your is tape recorder of, band from the 80s. This is a bunch of necrosis demos. Yeah. This, you know, it's essentially Put together what it is. into a debut album. If you can get past the production value and if you could just break down the music for what it is, it's actually pretty fucking good. These guys are talented. These guys wrote good music. It doesn't sound thrown together like most demos do. It sounds like that there's some legit writing behind it. If the drums didn't sound so good, I would let it go as the best they could do in 1994. I'm not convinced that's the case because the drums sound like there's some effort put into the recording. There's an old joke amongst home recording enthusiasts that if you compress on your way in, you're maximizing your effort and giving yourself less to do later on when you're mixing. I once heard a bass player ask an engineer, why am I plugged directly into the mixer? And the guy with a shit-eating grin on his face looks up and says, well, we're going to compress you in the mix. That's how the pros do it. And I'm sitting there with this look on my face like, dude, you are not pro. None of us are. Was this Jason Newstead? I feel like this happened to him. Jason Newstead would be way beefier than this guy. Yeah, no, this I, is this is thin as fuck. Like, I, I, I've never heard bass like this on a death metal album. It's, it is weird, but um, it gets better. Oh my God, does it get better? So, <laughs> 1996. I, yeah. <laughs> none so vile. I'm gonna go as far as to say this is the best album in their whole discography. This is the shit. <laughs> I'm gonna make a conscious effort to turn down the music for the listener. Oh yes. my God, like everything we just complained about, just throw it out of the window. Yeah. Like it's, Th that that now is a ten on this album. <laughs> holy oh, shit. Yeah. Like. 
It doesn't fuck around either. Like I want to flip cars now. Yeah, like it, it <laughs> makes it makes me physically stronger. Yes. It does the things that spam emails say that they're gonna do to my to my mail parts. Yes, I'm now six inches longer because of this. Just, album. Be, just because of this. And if you want to call that toxic masculinity, that's exactly what it is. Because just for a second. There are none as vile as this record. This sounds like a good version of all the shitty independent death metal albums I've listened to over the years. You know the ones I'm talking about. We recorded everything with an SM58, just one, mixed it mono, turned everything up until it sounded good. It sounds so good, dude. The drums, so you were talking about the drums on the last record. Somehow they sound better here. Yeah. This guy's fucking phenomenal. Like, they care. They care about the drums in a way that a lot of early death metal bands didn't care. I know they're not, like, first wave death metal, but holy shit, dude. Like, and I've been putting this off, but I have to talk about this. The vocals. He's not saying anything. Do not disrespect the worm. The Lord Worm and Savior. So vocals are performed by a guy named Lord Worm. I'm sure it doesn't say that on his birth certificate. But fuck it ought to. But it really ought to. <laughs> This dude sounds like he's from another fucking planet. And he very well may be. I don't even know. Like, he may have been just dropped here from somewhere else. From English class. Exactly, because that's what his other profession was. Yes, everybody's favorite English teacher, Lord Worm. Can you imagine that? Like, if you didn't turn in, like, eight English assignments in a row and he just busts out the Lord Worm voice? Yeah, some parent at parent-teacher conferences gets all up in his face. And he just starts screaming like this at him. Like they'd be like, "Oh my god, we have to, we have to, we have to move away." You will do your homework from now on. There's a demon teaching my English class. This is just a great fucking album from top to bottom, vocally, technically, drums, guitar, vocals. It's the complete package. Now you might be listening to this and saying, "Dan, how is this different than any of the technical death metal bands that are out there now?" And I'll tell you this right now, it's not. But what I will say is that. They did this in 1996, and this still sounds like a modern record. Ahead of their time, perhaps? Super ahead of their time. And how do they achieve this? Did anybody notice that the bass player is just playing funky slap bass pretty much the whole time? In your face, slap bass. It doesn't sound like a rubber band here, does it, Dan? Not even a little. I mean, maybe the rubber band from hell. That's like 14 foot thick. It's like they it's like they didn't have a metal bass player on hand. And they're like, well, I know this dude who's in a funk band. And they're like, just bring him. Bring him. If he can play bass, <laughs> yeah, bring him, him in here. Have him play whatever. Funky bass with heavy as fuck guitars and insane over-the-top drums and screamed vocals. I'm getting flashbacks to Mudvayne, guys, and I'm not complaining. Does his voice sound like a tunnel? It sounds like a tunnel. Can a voice sound like a tunnel? I don't mean it's echoey. It just it sounds like... Like he's actually a worm. And the end of that tunnel is hell. This is what we heard on the Pennsylvania Turnpike every time we drove through one of those tunnels. This is a hard album to talk about because it's a masterpiece. Like, yes. just go listen to it. If you want to know what technical death metal is, listen to None So Vile. It is honestly one of the best albums I've ever heard. And really, it's, its biggest strength is that it's not purely death metal. It pulls a whole lot of different influences in. It Which is what own. makes it sound more chaotic. So, like, it's a little jazzy. It's a little techie. It's, it's got weird time signatures. The band can stop on a dime and go into something else with, with really no stop. Or it doesn't feel like there is. They, they, they're like, fuck transitions. We don't need transitions. What are those? We're fucking cryptopsy. But for some reason, it doesn't sound disjointed. And if it does, it sounds that way intentionally to be, like, more chaotic, I guess. And take it from a guy who's a traditional metalist, a traditional thrash metal guy. This shit was fucking good. 
And then it gets really sad. Yeah, it does. <laughs> really sad, really quick. 1998, Whisper Supremacy. Disappointing. Well, musically, it's not that disappointing. Eh. They're still the same band. They're still playing above average, but Lord Worm's gone. Uh, the Lord has left, and I I was saddened by this. Lord Worm does not approve of this record. Actually, I, supposedly, Lord Worm gave his personal blessing that the new guy that is going to be singing on this record, and his name is Mike DeSalvo, and he played in a death metal band called Infestation. Which is weird because I swear to God, it sounds like he does lead vocals for like Hatebreed or something <laughs> like that. His name is uh, not Lord Worm. I mean, you try to go into this with an open mind on this album, and it, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> he sounds a little bit like Barney Greenway from Napalm Death, but like less legitimate. I don't know. I don't really know how else to explain it. That could be his number one influence if you think about it. Well, you got to think that like Lord Worm weaved in and out of the music in a way that yes. was that was very fluid. If you can call death metal vocals fluid. Now keep in mind this is still Cryptopsy playing behind this guy. So they're still doing their start stop shit. They're doing their crazy time signatures. They're doing all their all this tech death shit. But he's like screaming over it like trying to match the drummer and it just comes off really stale and dry, like very basic, like chunky, like I know people like that, but I don't. It sounds it sounds sloppy to me. This kind of thing is where the vocals with Lord Worm matched what they played so well, and it was interwoven so well. And then this one, this guy, yeah, like you said, he's screaming over this shit, and it ruins the music for me. Like now, all of a sudden, the music doesn't sound as good to me because this guy's just screaming over the top of it. Well, yeah, and I also think that Lord Worm made the vocal like made the like let the music breathe. Yes, like he would stop when they're about to do something really cool or, or you know, and, and bringing all the focus on the music. Whereas this guy just kind of just, it, it sounds like he did all the vocals first and then they just like match, mixed it with the music. It's an example of a lead vocalist that doesn't know how to let the music breathe. When you're writing anything, you have to be able to back off and not be the center of attention. This sounds like the lead vocalist didn't know when to step back. So he just kept saying things until the song ended and they moved on to the next one. Totally. Like, it's it's got to almost be impossible for him to remember what vocals go to what song. <laughs> no, no shit. Yeah, I say that a lot. I mean, as a vocalist, it's not really like that, but it, you know. In this sense, it might be, though. Is somebody coming in brand new? What I can't figure out, though, is if this guy was handpicked by Lord Worm, was he just trying to sabotage the band? Well, like yeah, because he sounds nothing like him. It's a totally different style than what he did. So it's a weird successor. And I just, I don't think that the vocals match the music. He no. sounds like a hardcore singer, and it just doesn't work with this tech death stuff. Which means, so like I said, so now when listening to it, does it change the way the music sounds to you? Because it, to me, it, it jacks does. it up now. It does, because it I can't fluid. I can't separate his vocal yep. from the music. So even though they don't sound worse musically, they do because of his vocals. I don't think that the, str that the songs are as strong on Whisper Supremacy as they were on None So Vile. Like, it's almost like, dude, they took, like, a week to craft each individual song. Sure. Whereas this is just, it, it kind of falls into that tech death trope where it's like, play this riff, now play this one, now play this one, now play this one, now play this one. Now I'm going to play a solo here, you know, and then we're going to we're gonna play a breakdown, and then we're going to go, you know, like... Too generic just, construction. Yeah, and I think, I think musically they sound good, but he just vocally just, I can't give, I just can't get into it. And unfortunately that bleeds into the next album. Yeah. 
which yeah. is called and then you'll beg which is true i'm yeah, begging, begging for, for the I'm lord begging for the lord of worms to come back please please take a hiatus from teaching and come back are you not able to buy into this because it's cryptopsy or is it the vocalist in general if you heard the music not knowing what the band was would this be an example of the band can play really well but the vocalist just doesn't know what the fuck he's doing well i mean that's death metal joe i mean like straight up i i I feel that way about a lot of the bands that i hear from i'm like well these guys have chops but the fuck is this singer doing so this becomes mediocre because of the vocals not because lord worms not in the band i don't know if that's true or not because i don't think that the i don't think that the music is nearly as compelling as it was when Lord Worm was in the band, might not have anything to do with that. But it just feels that way. Like, it feels like he had more to do with it. He had a direction for them, and they kind of lost that direction when he's not there. And I think a lot of the the, the kind of on-again, off-again relationship that they have with Lord Worm throughout their career has to do with that, where I almost think that, like, for him, it's like, I'm only going to sing on albums that are really, really great. And uh, this... This, like, somehow on, on And Then You'll Beg, the vocals are worse to me. Like, like it's almost like he's trying to do a death metal thing, but he just sounds like discount Chris Barnes from Cannibal Corpse. He's not screaming. It's just like a weird... Yeah. Cor- we shifted I, from Barney from Napalm Death to Chris Barnes. Yeah, There's a lot of yeah. Barnes out here in Missouri. Uh, Too many. <laughs> I think... I think that they're just as technical as ever, but I don't necessarily know if they have that direction. I'm that guy that thinks that a lead singer has more to do with a band's sound than people give them credit for. And in this particular case, I think I think we're seeing that. I think that obviously these guys have chops, they can play, they're great, you know, they're they're technical, they they can play shit that I could never play. But I'm just not getting the same innovative vibe that I got on None So Vile. I mean, and even Blasphemy Made Flesh, you know, when that was the only album out, I'm sure people were like, this is fucking just amazing. You know, but like now, you know, you're, 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 you're four or five albums into your career and it just doesn't work anymore because you're doing the same tricks, but you're not pushing forward necessarily. You're just, you're, you're maintaining, you're, you're treading water. So yeah, like compared to other bands like Cryptopsy, I'm sure they're still top of the game musically, even on these albums, but the vocalist distracts me from it. And again, it's just because I had better like, I guess if this guy had been the vocalist from the first album, which I think is what you're getting at, Joe, like if he'd been the vocalist the whole time, would I still like Cryptopsy as much as I do? I think, well, no, I think if the music was the same, I might like it, but I, I wouldn't be like, holy shit, we're talking about Cryptopsy tonight. It's like listening to a new album by Accept. You want it to be good, but the reason you're listening to Accept is because they wrote a song once called Balls to the Wall. Yep. Yep. It's just really kind of falls on its face here it's almost like you wish the lord could return sometime yeah well you know you're you're in luck josh because he does return he does in 2005 the album is called once was not once was not the lord was gone and you know it's great lord's back i'm gonna be a little bit condescending on this record because lord worm is back this record is far more experimental than anything they've done for the past two albums and again i can't help but feel that that's his hand do worms have hands? They do in this general sense. Okay. He has the direction of this that he wants to go. Okay. Did a super suit fall from space? It did. Well, he could be Earthworm Jim. Holy yeah. shit. Holy shit. My mind's blown now. Kabam. This sounds more like old school cryptopsy, but it doesn't sound as good as none, like none so vile. 
It sounds like an album that could have come between Blasphemy and Unsovile. This would, yeah, this would be like the lead up to the file. But they're reestablishing here. They're coming back to a new norm. Lord Worm doesn't sound as good on this as he does on None So Vile, but it's okay. I'm happy to have him back. Yeah, you can. He, they sound cohesive again. Because all that other shit that we were saying about how he lets the music breathe, you hear a lot more of the experimentation going on in this record. And oh my god, it's just so good to hear him come back and, and have that deep guttural... He's got the tunnel vocals back. Thank you, oh Lord, for returning to the ways. He, 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 you know, he goes in and out of the songs like a sandworm goes in and out of the sands on Dune. Are you guys seeing a, a pattern here I with just, his name? He's the Lord of Worms. <laughs> he holds the shit together. That's essentially what it is. He makes them sound better. He really does. With his ideas and his vocals, he makes them a better band. I think if they had had a better singer on the last two albums, we might like them more. Yes. Which I know we just endlessly talked about, but I can't stress this enough. Like, it definitely felt like a return to form for the band. And it's a safe album, but it's ex- it's experimental as fuck. Like, you don't hear any of this weird, jazzy, discordant shit on their older material. I like it, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and cool. It's, it's different. It's, it's more in line. Like, when we're listening to None So Violent, we're like, oh, that's weird that they did that. I start getting those same type of vibes off of Once Was Not. That, that they're just back and they're ready to kick ass and they're ready to not just... Uh, Suck. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, this is a great return. I kind of wish the band had just stopped after this, to be honest with <laughs> yeah. you. Can, can we just end it here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were incredible on this, and uh, I would have loved to have heard several more albums with this lineup. This style of death metal doesn't feature the vocalist the same way that your metalcore or really any type of hardcore or heavy metal does. The vocalist is not the focus, but they become the focus because they're standing up front. Chris Barnes is a great example, even Barney from Napalm Death. When you're listening to this style of death metal, it's about how fast the band is playing, how crazy the live show is going to be, and how is the vocalist going to insert themselves into the music, but they don't stay there. The vocalist for this type of death metal becomes more of a feature. In most cases, they're not saying anything, nothing discernible. But we expect to hear that drone, that break in whatever the guitarists are doing, that part of the song where the drummer changes what cymbal he's playing on, and it just becomes a drag you through the mud, play as fast as we fucking can. A band like Metallica would have a verse. Classic Metallica, of course. Slayer would just expel lyrics. This type of death metal, you want to hear the vocalist just growl whether he's saying anything or not you want to hear him tunnel joe but he tunnels in and out of the music so well though he really does that's what makes it i think different with the differential with him and other bands of this genre that was one of the things that like i whenever i did vocals i always thought of vocals as surfing like extreme vocals and even sung vocals this way too you're kind of surfing on the ups and downs of the of the sound wave so to speak you want to be able to weave in and out of what's going on and it still sound good. You don't want to be on top of it and domineer it. And I think that's the biggest difference between him and a Mike DeSalvo, where Mike DeSalvo is just, he's there to dominate the entire experience. Whereas Lord Worm somehow leaves a bigger impression on us because he shows up and does what he needs to do, but doesn't overdo it. If only we could have kept it that way. You're the fisherman, and he wants to be the shark. 
Yeah. Right. Look at me. Look at me. As opposed to wait for the waves, guys. Just wait for it. It's coming. Maybe he's the worm on the hook who's going to lead you to the promised mainland. It's entirely possible. It's all in the pamphlet. Just just read the pamphlet. Yeah, we've been trying to hand these pamphlets out, people. But then, unfortunately, it goes awry yet again, Dan. It does. So, <clears throat> in 2007, basically, the band is, like, writing a new album, and it's going to be this, like, big two-album deal, and it's going to be super crazy. Lord Worm's on board, but for whatever reason, the band goes into a totally different direction musically, and Lord Worm's like, yeah, I don't like this. And according to him, he took time off from the band due to health reasons. But according to the band, they just straight up fired his ass. So who's right? We don't know. We're going to go ahead and side with the worm. We have to say the Lord. We we have to. He chose to. I mean, how can he not? He chose to walk away. When your soul is sitting on on this dude's shelf at home, you have to to do what he says. And it's unfortunate, too, because, you know, who doesn't want more Lord? Well, I think it's kind of ironic that the album's called The Unspoken King. Irony. They're like, I mean, he's the king, but we're not talking about him right now. Holy shit. Okay, so (laughs) The Unspoken King is a weird, weird record. But not weird in a cryptopsy way. So they they fired Lord Worm, and they got a new guy named Matt Magachi, which I believe is still their singer. Yeah, he, he's still he's still their singer up to this day from 2007. So what you get with the Unspoken King is a band trying to be more mainstream if that exists in this style of music. Commercial-ish. This is the play one riff, play another riff style of random that is entertaining, but overall, this isn't good. I'm not a fan. This, this isn't Cryptopsy. I think that's no. the biggest issue, and I, you could see why Lord Worm had a problem with it. That sounds like a different band now. It totally. They sound like a deathcore band. Yes. It's like genre switch. Like they're, they're trying to sound like a deathcore band. Yeah, and then I mean, they still have chops. I think they're still way better than a deathcore band would be. Technically, but they're yeah. under they're underselling what they can actually do and what they've done in the past. Clearly, it's it's dumbed down in a sense where it's made more digestible. So like if you're into like slam bands and into like you know shit like deathcore, you're going to be into this, but if you're a hardcore cryptopsy fan, you're going to be like what the fuck is this? I'm out. No lord, I'm out. I got to give it credit though. The the new vocalist sounds a lot better than Mike DeSalvo. I was going to say the last guy, the last replacement. Yeah, he's not Lord Worm good, but he is good. He, he should have been the true successor it. if there was going to be one. But he also sounds more like a deathcore vocalist. Well, that's probably why they sound like that because as a band. Because I think you're going to notice Joe especially is going to hear kind of the uh, the inhaled low that he does, or as we like to refer to them as piggy squeals. <laughs> oh, those are definitely on this one. Yeah, and it's funny because the way this record starts, they hit you with a bunch of bangers right off the gate. Again, if you're not into this sound of Kurtopsy, you're not going to like it. Then they go and get weird on the second half of the album. Really weird. Ladies and gentlemen, did you ever think you were going to hear clean vocals on a cryptopsy record? No. The Lord is if the Lord were dead, he'd be turning in his grave. He'd be he'd be he'd, <laughs> he'd be eating his way out of his grave yes. eating cuz yes, worm, be. worms eat dirt. This the clean vocals were such a fucking turnoff. They just didn't work. No, it was just, if it just it's oh, I thought it was, it's just a weird sound. Ah, oh, it just it's yeah, you cringy. Started, yeah. It's cringeworthy. Cringeworthy. I, I just don't even know what to say. And like I don't have anything against clean vocals. I think some bands can really pull it off. 
If you've done it from the beginning, yeah, but that's not how this band got. You're the band that put out None So Vile. Yeah, I. this is, yeah, this is a I want to know who made the decision. Management. I don't even care label. if it was the label <laughs> or the guitarist or the new vocalist wanted to do something different. The silence was the last word after all. I don't care who put the pressure on these guys to have those melodic vocals. I want to know who made the decision. Management. Somebody had to look at five records of I really want to be Napalm Death and say, you know what we got to do, guys? It's 2008. Clean it up. We need a serious, melodic chorus. Something that the audience can yell along to at the show with their fist up in the air like they belong there, even though they just got into metal like six months ago and they don't have any idea what a circle pit is actually supposed to be. Who made the decision? I can tell you who didn't make the decision. Lord Worm. The Lord. I just, I got nothing to say at this. I, I totally like get this. why he probably got into a fucking shouting match with these guys. Because this well, is One shitty. dude's like, okay, okay. Hear me out, Lord. Just hear me out. If you can't do it, it's fine. We're going to bring a guy in that could do these clean vocals, and he's just like, I'm, I'm, fuck, I'm, fuck, I'm out. I'm done. I'm I fucking gone. quit. Yeah. I quit. I'm done. Slams the door behind him, gurgles some shit. Nobody really knows what he said. He's, I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm done. And I think that was the, like the biggest, the biggest turnoff for me. And like I said, I have no problem with clean vocals in metal. It's fine, and they don't even always have to be there. I understand. I understand for certain bands why it works. Like how you couldn't imagine a band like Killswitch Engage without clean vocals, you know. But like a band like Cryptopsy, I don't have to imagine them without clean vocals because they didn't start that They've way. They've never had them, and it's never been my expectation going into a Cryptopsy record being like, you know what, we need. Some melodic choruses, but like to Joe's point, somebody thought that. No, it's 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 wrong. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm done with this album. I have nothing else to say. I will say this. No, don't do it. As a deathcore album, here we go. It's decent, and I think it's better than a lot of the deathcore bands that were out there at the time. For that, yeah, I think this is a good album, cleans and all, but it's not a cryptopsy album. No. This is a different band in a different genre. They don't belong This here. is like, hey, check out our side project. It's a little yes. bit more melodic, hey, a little got, bit more deathcore. I got a cool side side project we're working on. To quote Joe three years ago, I might buy this because of who's on it. But if you're going to put the name Cryptopsy on it, then you're expecting me to pay money to listen to shit that's not what I'm expecting. This is Megadeth's Risk. I listened to Liquid Tension Experiment because it had members of Dream Theater. Not because Dream Theater decided they were going to release a whole bunch of instrumental albums in the vein of Joe Satriani, Steve Vai. If this was called something else, I would have listened to it, and I would not be so critical, but this is Cryptopsy. And you're still doing the deathcore thing, but you throw in the metalcore for one measure. Does it work? Nope, it ruins your whole plan. I don't remember it, so it clearly doesn't. There's zero credibility with it now. And I think they realized that. you damn right they better have. Four years later, they put out their self-titled album. Of course, because everyone does it. Cryptopsy. This wasn't 2016, Josh. I They're know, allowed I to know. put it yeah, out well. in 2012. The fuck out of here. This was fine. For what it is, yeah. I this mean, was again, fine. There's no Lord, but like we said, the new vocalist was a lot better than that other fuck. Well, and he, he goes back to like, okay, I'm in Cryptopsy, so what do people want to hear when they hear a new Cryptopsy album. And this is much more in line with that. 
It's a little bit melodic in places, but it doesn't go as extreme with the experimentation as they've gone in the past. It flows a lot better. I mean, and you could even almost forgive the last album for being super experimental, except it's not. It's not <laughs> It's not experimental. Whereas, you know, some of the weird shit that they tried with, like, the slap bass on, on <laughs> None So Vile and, and all that, like, you could chalk that up to experimentation. This record, I think they just played it really safe and just tried to write technical death metal songs. I say that like it's so easy to write technical death metal. That's right, songs, Dan's like I do it on the weekends. Yeah, I mean I, I eat shit and breed technical death metal. I'm not Jason Sherlock over here, but I think uh, you know I think he sounds better musically. He still has kind of that deathcore sound to his voice because that's just the way his voice sounds, and I'm okay with that because he still weaves in and out of the songs and kind of gets it. Like he went back and listened to the back catalog a little bit more and was like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, I, 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 I get think, it now. I, I think I, I kind of get what the worm was throwing down here. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and honor him a little bit more now. Technical death metal, for the most part, is just tricks that you perform with your limbs. I'm not saying it's easy to execute, but it is not that difficult to write when you're just using those tricks. It's kind of like a double stroke roll on a snare drum. Is it really hard to play fast if you know how to make the sticks bounce two or three times between strokes? What is difficult is making interesting technical death metal. And this is interesting enough that I enjoyed listening to it for longer than 10 minutes. I this agree. album, yeah. I think they did a lot better with this one. I'm not sure where the band's been for the past six years or seven years now. I know they put out a couple of EPs with this lineup. Dan is not a fan of EPs, we're so not those gonna, don't count. We're, we're not, not going to get into that again. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. We're not here to talk about that. But past. I actually haven't heard those EPs, so I couldn't tell you what direction they took after this. I know that this was kind of more of a back to basics. Like, we got to get the solos in there. We got to get, you know, get our techie death shit on. And There was more of a checklist with this. Like, okay, what do we need to do to go back to the roots? What, what are the ingredients of a good Cryptopsy record? And I think they nailed it. I think this record is good. It's definitely a good replacement for the Unspoken King. Because if they'd have put this out right after Once Was Not, I don't think I'd have as much like, ooh, what are you guys going to do next? I think that's really, I mean... That's about it, honestly. Yeah. There's not much to critique, honestly. I mean... I'm a little disappointed, though, because when Joe and I went and saw Aborted in uh, Indianapolis, Cryptopsy was actually on that Aborted tour, but they were not on the tour date that we were at. A little bummed out about that because I thought I was going to get to see Cryptopsy and Live. Aborted yeah, at the same time. and. But I still got to see Aborted, which is great. Final thoughts on Cryptopsy. Dan. Cryptopsy is a fantastic technical death metal band. I don't think that the bad outweighs the good. They really only majorly fucked up once. I mean, yeah, sure, Whisper Supremacy and then You'll Beg had kind of a bad vocalist on them, but musically they were still pretty good. I think that the three albums that had Lord Worm on them are fucking solid gold, and you really can't get better technical death metal than that. I mean, if, if you can, I'd, I'd like to hear it, but uh, I think that uh, I think that they were very innovative in bringing this sound to more popularity, and uh, they're just uh, a testament to how great hard work can, you know, or a testament to how beneficial it is to work hard and try to be creative instead of worrying about just, you know, checking some boxes. Josh, what about you? Cryptopsy is a band that the vocalist really makes or breaks this band they have had three in this band and two out of the three were good one of those two was fucking phenomenal without that right vocalist to fit the style of music they're playing it just sounds bad 
So with the right vocalist on those albums, I highly suggest those albums with those two vocalists, especially like we mentioned, The Lord, obviously. The Lord of Worms. The Lord of Worms. That's the what makes this so awesome to listen to is the way he the way he goes about. And so I would pick and choose those albums from this discography here. Or just listen to None So Vile, because that's by far the best one in the whole group. I mean, no, seriously, you can't get any better than that. But overall, pretty good band. Like I say, considering that they've gone through three different uh, types of vocalists, kind of come full circle to at least they started out good, like most bands, kind of a crappy middle, and then they ended up being not bad. Hopefully they have something in the future, because who fuck knows? I think Cryptopsy is a deathcore band that is fun to listen to, but had some missteps along the way that are less interesting than their overall product. I think if your lead vocalist is called Lord Worm, (laughs) somebody needs to listen to your album, if only so that they can tell the next person what that record sounds like that was featuring Lord Worm. No shit. Self-titled album is good. Like I said, there were some missteps along the way, but overall, I think Cryptopsy is a fun death metal, deathcore band that doesn't really try hard to break any trends. They do some things that are out of place for the style overall, but what does that even mean? Josh, what's your album of the week? The Battle of Los Angeles from Rage Against the Machine. Damn, what about you? Well, I saw these guys on Monday uh, playing before Zayo. They're called Hollow Earth, and their album's called Dead Planet, and uh, it's some really good shit. For me, it's showbread. No, sir. Nihilism is not practical. Back up. Back up, Josh. These men are nihilists. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord. Dan. Darth Sidious wants you to listen to discography discussion. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever wondered how you can get a hold of the Darth Lord Sidious. (laughs) Okay, we can't do that yet. I'm I'm leaving it in. All right. Hey, Dan, if the people wanted to get a hold of us, how do they go about doing that? How do they get a hold of us? Well, it's yeah. pretty easy. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You could tweet at us at Discuss Metal Dan or Discuss Metal Joe or just at Discuss Metal. We actually have a Discord server, private, so you can get in on that if you just click on the link in the show notes. You can chat with us in real time if you want. One of the biggest perks of reaching out to us is that a lot of the bands we talk about on this show are are listener suggested. So if there's a band that we haven't talked about yet, or you just want to hear our take on on one of your favorite bands, uh, let us know. We'll put it on a master list and we'll get to it eventually. And on that note, this has been episode 132 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. The Empire requests your funds to bring discography discussion throughout the galaxy for absolute power. No beer is good? Okay.